going to say right right front, this is my, I think it's his best work. So, all right, let's get into it. I'll start the intro in a second. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Good, the Bad, and the Nerdy Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Tom. With me again is Will and Bruce. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hail and well met. Rise and night. Or don't, in this case. <laughs> yes, yeah, so uh, we're continuing our, our series on Ridley Scott's Previously, we did Blade Runner. Today, we're going to be covering a very beloved among some of his fans and, you know, mixed among other fans. But uh, we're talking from 2005's Kingdom of Heaven, although we are specifically talking about the director's cut. So, uh, you know, oh, just Blade Runner. Oops. Well, <laughs> that's on me, then. I watched the wrong one. <laughs> oops. Oh, well. I- oh, no. Well, that might be interesting if we get to plot points because um, I did cheat and look up like the differences, and apparently there are several plot points that got cut um, early on um, and all throughout. Uh, so this is uh, one of those cases where uh, the studio trim is widely regarded as butchery. Yeah, yeah, it, it's fascinating. So this is. Uh... If you see the director's cut, you see such a different film. And, you know, I, Will, I guess I didn't know which copy you needed. But um, it's it's interesting because I think a lot of people agree. When you see the director's cut, you see such a complicated, way more like character-based film as opposed to the epic action, you know, you know, medieval film that, you know, the theatrical cut is. Which, the theatrical cut is good, but it's not near as good as the director's cut which is you know as we can kind of see, and admittedly uh, really scott has said up front as they were making the film he knew they were going to probably make him do some major edits so he shot alternate takes for a lot of scenes in case they made and cut stuff out which is what they did okay well i have a very interesting perspective on this then because i watched the the normal cut thinking that was the one we were supposed to watch uh <laughs> so that's a mistake on my part my apologies not um, a problem not a problem. But, this will make the conversation more interesting. Well, good, because I am definitely in the this is an okay film that wasn't terrible uh, camp because this film you could have chopped 45 minutes out of uh, and you wouldn't have changed anything. It would have been slightly less boring. And, oh, my God, this movie is fine. Like, it gets <laughs> – I think I said to, to my wife, Charlotte, man, it took an hour and a half to get to the point. So, yeah, interesting. I almost want to get you the long version, but I don't know that you'll have the wherewithal to do that this year. Uh, I can Uh, rent it, but maybe give it a month. It's definitely different uh, than what, well, I have not, well, actually, I think back in the day, I saw part of the uh, original cut, like on HBO or some business like that, Mm -hmm. because some scenes were familiar to me, but apparently it didn't draw me in uh, at that time because I know I didn't complete the film. But uh, I, I was surprised to see scenes and go, oh, yeah, I did see this, but uh, I wasn't familiar. So um, um, my, my initial t- – I'm just going to hit the high points real quick. There's, here's the stuff I liked about it because I did like parts of this film, actually. I thought that parts of this film were amazing. Uh, the cinematography is really well done. I mean, it's a really Scott film. Of course, it's going to be well done. Absolutely. Um, the, the scenery is beautiful. It's well shot. Um, most of the acting is pretty decent. Uh, I felt that a lot of there were the standout performance was um, whoever played Saladin. 
and uh, was very good. I liked that uh, Bashir from Star Trek was in this movie. And he yes. did a good performance. There were a lot of people in this film I didn't realize were in this film. Uh, Edward Norton is apparently King Baldwin IV, which was cool yeah. as hell. Um, I thought his performance was great. You only see his eyes, but he really sells it through the eyes, um, which was really well done. Um, the only person that I, I really felt – there were two people I felt put in kind of lackluster performances. The first one is Orlando Bloom. While he has his moments in this movie, and he does have his moments in the movie, the first half of this film is him looking vaguely concerned at the camera all the time. Oh, my dad is dying. Vaguely concerned. You just killed my wife. Va or I, you, just, you just insulted my wife. Vaguely concerned. Will I stab you? All this stuff. I'm vaguely concerned. <laughs> he just, he just, his emotion, he has one, and he shows it. And what, later on in the film, he actually shows a pretty good range, but the initial direction now maybe this is just part of the butchering uh that you guys are it talking is. about because he's so boring in the beginning and the other person i felt who did a good job but maybe should have not based his performance so much on tim curry was martin uh Soskis. yes sosis sosis uh because I, I i swear i kept going I, am i sure this isn't tim curry this isn't tim curry is it because he looks he looks like Tim Curry. He's like he's like the the, the you know, he's a genuine sorny. He's the knockoff Tim Curry in this movie, which is not a terrible thing because I think Tim Curry would have done a good job as the villain in this, but he's so cartoonishly evil that it kills any drama in half the scenes he's in. Like the scene where he kills the messenger Saladin's messenger on on the you know, spilling all the blood on the marble mm -hmm. floor, that was actually a very effective scene. But and the part where he goes in to talk to uh, the red-haired guy whose name I completely forgot. Um, <laughs> Gee, <clears throat> Gee, yeah. uh goes in. No, 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 not Guy. Not I'm Moody. Uh, the, the other Ray, Raymond. No, uh, Renard. Renard. There we go. Um, yeah. Is shows some subtlety. So I know he's got chops, but like in the rest of the film, like the beginning, he's so cartoonishly evil that he might as well be a Power Rangers villain. It's it's <laughs> it's so ridiculous and. Uh, also, there are no chicks in this movie, and I say that in the, with the highest regard. There are no women in this movie. There's one. She's a plot device. She's not even interesting. She's boring. She has cool makeup, but she's boring, <laughs> boring, boring, boring. There is no. Um, she also got butchered. So uh, she, that's yeah, a big yeah, that's, story point for that's her. That's where the most the editing's in. Oh, okay. So that's a shame. But really, there should have been at least one other woman in this movie. I mean, I get that it's the Middle Ages and stuff. Editing, but. It's it's a huge old sausage fest of a film, and it's not even worth that. I mean, jeez. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, uh, Bruce and I can both tell you, Ava Green's performance got drastically cut down because of the editing. Because her character, as her as the real Sibylla did, she has a child, and you know, uh, see when Balt, her brother dies, her son becomes the next key. Her son's like a little kid. He also has leprosy. So, of course, uh, there's he does. a whole plot line about her dealing with her son having leprosy, and a pretty bleak moment in the movie. She kills him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that's yep. not yeah, in the so, that's not in the regular cut. No. Yeah. They, so they uh, just... Ridley Scott was very much like, yeah, we got a lot of notes. They did not want a dead a dead kid scene. But it, so, yeah, it, it, it's very more... important to figure out what the hell she's doing and why. If you don't know about the kid, if you don't know that her entire 
like second act in, into third positioning is I am looking to kill Guy and put my kid on the throne and get Balin as my consort or even as the king. Uh, and that was like her play, but Balin refuses it all. Well, I mean, I got that that was her, like what I got out of it was that the play that everybody wanted Balin to do. Like, honestly, Balin is an idiot. And I get why he's an idiot, and it makes sense for his character. But dude mm -hmm. stabbed a priest through the heart with a half-formed sword. Dude maybe could have bent his morals a little bit more just in this case because he would have made so many people happy. Like, he is very much lawful stupid in, like, three scenes in this movie. <laughs> because, honestly, like, the king himself is like, I can annul the marriage, I can do this, I can do this. Please marry my sister. She's totally cool into you, and I really hate Guy, and I hope he gets chokes on an olive. And while you're at it, why don't you execute half the other people? And he's like, no, I can't. Like, and I'm like, guys, dude, pull the rod, pull that rod out of your butt, because. Well, I think there's. I don't know if the line's in your version, but another key point on that is it wasn't. It was one. I don't really want to be have Guy's butt on my hands, but they also made a point of any of Guy's knights who wouldn't bend the knee to Balin also get hanged. No, no, they they pointed and, that out. He's like, I don't want to be responsible yeah. for that, but I'm just like, dude, you're gonna yeah. have to kill this guy anyway. They're going to die anyway. At least it might as well be merciful rather than starving to death in the desert or being butchered because they're stupid. <laughs> I mean. Guys, historically, it's actually much worse what happens to those knights. It's kind of hilarious. So the ones we saw butchered in that, sh which they don't shoot that sequence. They actually just, we see the aftermath. Historically, okay, the hospiteers, they got butchered. The Templars got butchered. All the other knights, because there was a lot more, they all got sold into slavery. And ironically, it became a, a huge financial burden on the slave market. There were so many good, good strong slaves. Yeah, that, uh, slave it depressed market. the uh, economic. I just watched a video <laughs> series on Saladin. So, yeah, this was well-timed. Um, let's talk about Saladin. Uh, I thought the portrayal was relatively fair. Um, Saladin was known, uh, especially in the Muslim world, for being generous to his enemies. And in fact, was often criticized for being overly generous to them. Um, I did think that the scene where he humiliates God uh, Guy is not accurate because that's not what happened. <laughs> um, what happened was he let him go and said, hey, why don't you clear out this port city and you guys all leave and we'll move in and then they all can go home and, and not be killed. And Guy turned around after he was released and said, no, -uh. So Saladin sacked the city and murdered everybody. Yeah. Um, but so I thought the portrayal of Saladin was actually pretty good. Um, yeah. Now the scene with the cup that actually did. Oh happen. yeah, it absolutely happened. Uh, Saladin was a king does not get a king. I I just love that line because that's a fast. He knows he's a horrible person. But he's like a king does not kill a king. He's, there's some kind of like you've earned your rank of title through, you know, will of God, just as I have, and, you know, we are special. Well, Saladin very much believed in divine right of, of rulership. Um, that is known. And, but if, you know, offering hospitality to your enemies was a thing, I mean, Saladin really communicated with the Crusader states. It's quite, it's, Saladin's awesome. Go look up stuff about him. <laughs> this movie does a decent job of portraying him. Um, as a character, but I think you just need to go read the actual histories because they're just as fascinating and just as interesting. Yeah. Incredible tactician. Not really, actually. 
like he got a lot of his stuff was he was really good at pulling together disparate parts of of the empire that he was in charge of and he was really good at um logistics like he was not the best tactician he wasn't he wasn't bad i'm not saying he was bad at it but he was not like a brilliant yeah, tactician Logistics in Middle Ages. That's well, he was a great straight. Yeah, but I mean, he was really good at logistics for the time. And yeah, I mean, the whole bit about don't go into the desert. You don't have water. That was basic strategy. Saladin absolutely <laughs> tried to bait out crusader armies into the desert because he knew he would have the advantage. That is absolutely a thing that would happen. <laughs> um. By the way, uh, we haven't brought up Liam Neeson's arc, which that is entirely... Liam Neeson's arc is stupid. I'm sorry. The whole opening sequence of this movie, you could have started this with him on the boat or him... Or you could have started this movie with um, him being knighted by his father before they go on crusade, and you don't lose much of the movie, honestly. You lose some of it. You do lose a lot of his backstory, so... His backstory is dumb and doesn't play into anything other than people insult him for being a blacksmith. No, it gives him his thing. So you have to... You have to read between the lines a little bit, too. So he is a bastard son, of course. Uh, Liam Neeson was the second son, I think, or uh, of the the Lord. His third third son. Third son. Uh, his, His brother... Uh, is now st- the Lord. Um, no, none of that, that is made clear in the director's cut, by the way. Correct. No, no. It, this is all. There's, there's scenes. There's a feast scene. There's all kinds of stuff you missed. Yeah, there's a lot. It, it, there's an hour of stuff so on the cutting room floor. Well, um, yeah. And so, uh, hang on. It gets. It's more interesting too. Like, and the priest that gets murdered was Balin's brother, but only half brother. Um, so there was a weird thing there where the priest was trying to get rid of Balin. Um, uh, because uh, he wanted to inherit Balin's stuff. So that's why, and Balin was very peaceable, like had been made fun of, like I think it was an open secret because the priest explains the whole village wants him gone because he's a bastard. But the, it was, and it was, and a, wives committed yeah, the suicide, wife committed yeah. suicide and uh, there was a, a the, you know, the, his father was essentially a cuckold and that was a thing. So, Balin like was very meek and let the priest hit him a bunch uh, and do all this horrible shit. And then finally he loses it and snaps and stabs his brother. So that was his brother. And the fact that you don't know that is kind of criminal. Uh, Well, I will say this knowing that now does not change my opinion of the opening sequences. None of that was really all that necessary. It would let you read his character a lot better. I I read his character just fine. He's very, uh, he's a very, he doesn't take shit, but only only when pushed to the breaking point. He very much is, I want to stay in the lines. I want to follow the rules. I want to stay in my lane. I, I, I will take the place society has given me. I will do what is necessary to be a good knight. I get it. But none of the rest of the stuff you just told me is – it's interesting, but it doesn't make for a good story. It yeah. just adds padding to an already long film, and I honestly think this film is too long even with the cut I saw. So saying there's an hour on the cutting room floor that's not interesting, other than the fact that it gets rid of some character development for some of these characters that I did like but didn't I felt were underutilized, maybe that can salvage some of it. But yeah. this movie is too long. This movie is too I, I long. Don't, I don't see it. I don't see that. Uh, this is like Lawrence of yeah. Arabia. It, uh, I don't know that you want Lawrence of Arabia is also this. too long. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Why do you want shortness here? What is the concision by you? There's a wonderful musical song out there that I'm going to reference right here, which is get to the fucking monkey. Because <laughs> I didn't come here to see this dude moping 
while beating the shit. What is it, also, what is it with Orlando Bloom and being a blacksmith? Isn't this like the third film where he's I done think that? he's been a blacksmith like 12 times. Well, maybe he knows yeah. how to do it. He, he, he kind of does a good job. Okay, so he was not the original intended person. So he was, a, you know, Ridley Scott had worked with him on Black Hawk Down, and they decided to offer it to him because it was easier to get, you know, hey, the star of War of the Rings. Hey, the star Caribbean, of yeah. Caribbean. Well, that's what I'm referencing. He's a blacksmith in Little Pirates of the Caribbean. He's a blacksmith in this. I just thought it was uh, interesting. Yeah, I'm getting off topic. But ultimately, yeah. the reason you want conciseness is because I'm sitting here waiting for the, the, the shoe to drop. I'm waiting for some sort of plot movement. And there are plot movements in the first hour of this film, but they're very small and they're very short. Right, but, and they but the like this, like where point. he shipwrecked, like when he shipwrecked, things move quickly. Before right, then, but, things move slowly and it's boring. But the plot's not the point. This is not a movie about the plot. It is a movie about the plot. Every movie is about the plot. There are very no, few movies no. that aren't this about mo- the plot. This, movie, this is so. This is where I think Ridley Scott leaves you dry, and that's fine because it's it's Ridley Scott. But uh, and but at least well, Ridley Scott doing this kind of work. I still don't know what the fuck Prometheus is about. We'll hopefully talk about. That oh, day. oh, we'll get to that piece of <laughs> okay. garbage. But 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 I will say this: when Ridley Scott is doing this kind of work. The story is an excuse for the movie. It is not the point of the movie. The point of this movie is more or less trying to just breathe in the scope of it. It's meant to have that sort of Lawrence of Arabia scale and grandeur and scope. And the point of it is the scenes, to let the scenes wash over you and give you an impact and to feel them and to feel something about it. It's not about like this story is as predictable and obvious as it could be. Like there's no drama to the story in in that sense or suspense. I I go back to my statements about Blade Runner. This movie is far too indulgent on itself. I, I, I get that you want some lingering shots, but let's look at another movie that Orlando Bloom was in called Fellowship of the Ring. There's a lot of character building in that. There's a lot of slow pace scenes. There's a lot of grand yes. sweeping shots. And you know what? Peter Jackson does a better job in that movie than Ridley Scott does in this film. I'm not saying this is bad. Don't, don't, don't put words in my mouth. I do not hate this movie. Well, I enjoyed watching enough, it. I think this is better at the pageantry than, than Lord of the Rings because I think Lord of the Rings uh, for all that... Well, I haven't I haven't done the director's cuts. I haven't done the extended cut of those and I, I mean oh. to, so let me put that little asterisk there. I think they cut it too much. It's short. Well, I will say I, I prefer the extended cuts to the theatrical cuts in Lord of the Rings because they do add in the little moments, but every one of those little moments... Well, I don't want to talk about the Hobbit. Don't get me started. Um, well, that's it. <laughs> hey, you brought. You uh, I, I took us road. down one road. I'm not taking you down the bad road. Two sides every road. Anyway, the point is, there is a point where you can have too many sweeping shots, and there is a point where you don't have enough sweeping shots when you're trying to evoke a sense of grandeur, right? Yep. And Lord of the Rings gets it about right in the extended cuts. I haven't seen the theatrical cuts since the theaters, so I don't remember them as well. Um, but there's a good balance of, and every little character moment drives something forward in the plot. Like it might just be a little bit, like there's a whole sequence where Elrond and Aragorn are talking about Narsil and stuff. And you could cut it from the movie without really impacting a ton of things, like from a, from a story perspective, but it advances their storyline just enough to make it interesting. And, and it's interesting. It catches your attention. In a lot of this, 
it's a lot of Orlando Bloom wandering around looking concerned about things. He's not doing anything, and that's sort of no, the problem. I mean, he's not I'm talking gonna... to anyone. He's sitting, looking at a mountain, or he's climbing a mountain. You the same, the same input, there's the same I can't do this Sam dialogue between Sam and Frodo eight times. Right, okay. but it's over it's the course of three and movies and 12 it hours. Doesn't, it doesn't change. Frodo is a terrible character. He he doesn't do any growing. He slowly fail as the evil ring gets him. Well, that is Sam a problem grows. with the uh, that is a problem with the fellowship of the yeah, ring but movies, I, I think more I than the story. Is this. But but I only bring that criticism up because I think saying that about Lord of the Rings is sort of beside the point of Lord of the Rings, which isn't based on a novel in the way we think of novels. It isn't Frodo's story. I mean, it is. If it's going to be anybody's story, it's Frodo's story, but that's not the point of Lord of the Rings. It's not a character-driven piece in that way. But they are character-driven pieces. The movies definitely are. The movies definitely are. I'm talking about the movies. Well, that's because they turned it into that, and I think that does it a little bit of a disservice. I don't know that it does. I think it brings it home to an audience (laughs) that craves story and craves someone to look to to latch onto. Samwise being the best character in the movies is a thing because in the books he's not the best character everyone knows aragorn right. is the best character in the books that's just a thing but what i'll say is that Gollum, is that Gollum's uh, great man i'm just saying make a space for films that aren't the story beats like make yeah. a space for that if you want to no, i have made a space but... for it and i don't mind it but this went on too long <laughs> there's too many scenes that do the exact same and the, and the fact that they're not spread out there's not one at the beginning of the movie and one towards the middle and one towards the end they're all crammed at the front they're all crammed at the front we see him walking around Jerusalem looking sad we see him walking up the hill looking sad we see him being sad and then finally something happens and he buries the cross from his wife and that's actually a poignant moment cool then he's walking down the hill and he's sad then he's walking through the city again and he's still sad then some people show up and swear allegiance that's cool we advance the story there's too many scenes of him walking around being sad for me to give a shit well, but they're showing you Jerusalem the point of those scenes yeah. is to see Jerusalem but I didn't see Jerusalem because it's the same fucking corridor I didn't see the hill because no. I saw the same hill. Well, I mean, it's that they, they built they built a they built a mock replica. There, there mock, are better so scenes I mean, of showing Jerusalem later on in the film that actually still are interesting. Like when they go to see um, Jem- Jeremy Ironsides. Oh, yeah, Tiger, whatever. Tiger. Jeremy Ironsides. When they go to see Jeremy Ironsides, that's you see Irons. uh you see a ton of the city as they're walking through and they're talking and they're advancing the story while still having spectacle in the background there's all kinds of people there's all kinds of stuff going on it's great it's pageantry it's majesty it's epic it's wonderful you know what it's not orlando bloom walking around being sad and looking down a single corridor where it's all tight the the cameras tight in on him and his face being pensive and being sad and that it, you see what i mean there are this movie you know, has scenes that do what you guys say that these other scenes do, but it does them better and it does them some more spaced out. When you cram too many of these things together, I lose interest because I stop caring because I got the point two scenes ago. I don't need it hammered into my fucking skull as I'm watching the film. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what the difference is then in terms of my reaction to it, because this is one of the few films that we've done this and Blade Runner where I didn't fast forward, whereas the other films that we've looked at. Is, is, there are, you know, any comedy relief scene, but, 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 I don't care. I don't want your little jokey joke to make sure the kids in the cheap seats are happy and smiling and eating the popcorn. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't want that. I, I, well, I mean, unless I'm there for a comedy film, but like, I don't want 
all of those light modern beats in a story like this. Uh, and I'm glad this thing had not a drop of humor in it. Um, and it doesn't. Well, there's it. one joke. Fair, but like, you get the idea. It has there's some. No, it has there's some. No, there's no no cinematography. There's no cinematography. There's no cinema levity. Like there's nothing slapstick. Yeah, there's it, not a, a, a Legolas looking at Gimli moment. Nothing like that happens here. Um, and that's to the advantage. And those things in particular were to the disadvantage to a certain degree. Now, I do know in the book, Legolas and Gimli had the one-upsmanship boasting game. But there were, you know, don't throw the dwarf and da 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 all of this crap. And that just takes it all down. Like, it takes it all down. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I get it. It's not your cup of tea. Um, and it, don't know that it is. So, like, I, I missed my top of the, uh, the top of the show comment of, like, good, bad, nerdy. Do we have other... Because I don't know, like, this film... Well, I certainly don't think this movie is bad. And in fact, I'd probably say it was good. I just don't think it's amazing. Like, I think it's a good film. It's entertaining. Like, once it gets gets to the point, it's actually a really... Like, an hour and a half in, I was super fucking invested in Jerusalem, man. Will, what do you think the point is? The point of this movie? Uh, Ultimately, a historical epic. It's basically Gladiator the way I wanted to do Gladiator. And it's not that. So, yeah, that's what I expected. Uh, but I mean, like, what's the point of the film? Why, why do this story of the Crusades? Because it's showing that, um, well, I don't know what the point of the story is other than to tell you about, here's a fantastic story about the Crusades and how it can change a person and how people value, uh, things over people. And sometimes maybe you should value people over things and how, even though you, you, you are enemies with somebody, you can still respect them. And there's all kinds of themes in this movie. No, the, the big overarching theme is the is the name, the kingdom of heaven. The yeah. idea, the idea, that this yeah. thing was a shining experiment that actually embraced very modern, and therefore, like you can see, Ridley giving it the big old thumbs up. But the very modern idea that you can have peaceful coexistence, learning, tolerance, blah blah blah, which is complete which fantasy is, because the Crusades were all about murder. Uh, um yeah except not uh the, and the, it was the, about the, the latin the murders to go one place well, to the, go well the latin place. kingdoms had a very tolerant bit in the middle which they're over lionizing here but it's true uh for a while there everybody was welcome in jerusalem uh, yeah when saladin you know. held it that was absolutely 100 percent true but... uh actually some of the some of the some of the latin kingdoms if i've got the reading right which i might not uh, were quite progressive by medieval standards some of them were um, but jerusalem specifically was not early on uh, particularly no, particularly I, I, in this time period. And when Saladin yeah. conquered Jerusalem, which he did successfully, he was very he was very nice. He basically said, if you're a Christian and you want to stay, that's fine. Pay your taxes. If you don't want to yeah. stay, I will let you go as long as you raise no hand against me or mine. Um, people are welcome in the city. The Jews can come worship. That, that all actually is true, yeah. but maybe not of the Crusader states. Now, to be fair, the reign of I, Baldwin IV is actually really short. Um, so... <laughs> Maybe he enacted some policies. I didn't find any information on that because honestly, a lot of. I don't know either. So that's the thing I just don't know. I don't know where he tweaked it. But the goal was that. The goal was to sort of go here is this thing, here is this place, here is this history. It still resonates down. Uh, you know, and again, Ridley is not subtle. He puts that in the closing title card. Yeah, he he sort of hits Uh, you with a hammer, doesn't he? Yep. But, but that was the point 
it was just to make the point and and to use a character who internalized the virtues of knighthood who was trying to save his soul like you know by going well to, okay um, the overly romanticized elements of knighthood that have been passed down let's right 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 <laughs> i mean right right let's right. all understand well, that <laughs> no but i'll put a thing to it yeah it was a political no no i'll put a thing to this as well like there is well-documented historical weirdness about the valor of knights. So, for example, there was a squire in England during the Hundred Years' War who was who was holding a small castle, and the French came to lay siege to it, and they sapped it, so they went underneath in tunnels. And so uh, the squire led a charge into the tunnels uh, to defend it, and they fought for five days in the tunnels. Um, and in, in the story that explodes, like the, the squire himself was fighting and the Lord got uh, the Lord leading the French siege got mad and went in uh, and uh, fought the squire for a day and a night. Now, that is the fluff. But it, it actually turns out that when the squire found out he was fighting, I think, a baron or somebody of a higher rank, he knelt and was ashamed. And the Frenchman was so impressed with him that he immediately uh, knighted him for his valor. And they surrendered the castle, but not before they lined up everybody in the tunnel to have a go fighting in it because it's so much fun. This is a historical fact. I forget the name of the castle, but that's how it changed hands. Everybody, the priests recorded it. That's how it changed hands. And that's how this guy got knighted and became a French knight. Um, and they were just a little weird that way. So I will say that, yes, the bulk of them were murderous bastards, but they were murderous bastards who paid lip service to this weirdness. And some of them internalized this weirdness. And I think that's what he was going for. And I think he succeeded, honestly. I, I really, I really think this is a decent movie. <laughs> I think it's a little yeah. long for me. I think that. To be fair, again, I didn't see the director's cut. I saw the, the theatrical cut, which apparently is blasphemy. I'm not sure it'll make a big difference. No, it's not blasphemy. You. I think or the theatrical won't. cut's good. I, saw like, I think you'll it. definitely like, um, oh gosh, I've forgotten her name, uh, the only female character. Sybilla. Sybilla. I think you'll Sibilla. like her a lot more and be far more interested in her story. Like, I, I think that the prequel stuff, if you want to think of it that way, about Balin's background and his father's background is of interest but I see what you're saying. You could probably chop all that. Uh, but I don't think, I think yeah. her stuff getting cut is much more criminal because you really are left with her just being awful and stupid for no explainable reason. Um, and there's just, yeah, horny. There's just yeah. no reason to it. Yeah. I thought uh, she was criminally she underutilized and was basically a fluff piece as far as I could tell. Yeah. Cause I mean, the you know, in the director's cut we find out you know her father you know basically oh, and that's actually marriage. in the in the theatrical that cut is... is that the marriage between her and guy did okay. jerk ass is uh is arranged and she's not happy in it and she's the sister of the king so technically she inherits and all this other stuff and all that makes sense and honestly i don't hate the character like she's not stupid in this she's doing the best she can she's just she just does a lot better with the more material yeah like, so you might if you watch yeah, it yeah so you much might better skip the first hour because it's not going to really change anything you care about but they let her bits will so as soon as she's introduced then slow it back down yeah uh but but but, I'll, but to put to come back around to this one it's similar my answer to like what is this good bad or nerdy is other uh, i don't know because at the end of the day i personally was mesmerized through the whole thing it had been a long time since i'd even seen anything of this um and i enjoyed all the bits um and i'll just say this it is apparently 
finally feasible to have good costuming in one of these things apparently you know oh the <laughs> costuming you. is amazing i, I absolutely want some of those night outfits yeah they did wonderful jobs and and, and and beautiful work and frankly the set design like all of the interiors were really really nice too uh they were clearly you know regional but there were also bits that looked like you know latins had built it and it, it definitely had the uh it had it had everything it needed there uh so i just yeah. soaked this thing in i enjoyed it i did it in two sittings i took advantage of the intermission um and Yet I'm at the end of it, roll credits, and I, you know, Ridley hits me with the hammer, and I'm like, you know, the, the character of Balin, the Balin story in this, uh, is almost like it shouldn't be there. Like, just take him out and run this with nothing but the historical characters. No one would sit through that, though. Well, actually, like, he, I mean, he, he is a historical he, character, <laughs> right? But I mean, uh, all of the like, like making it his story like chasing him like you chase Frodo and, and Sam it was a mistake, I think. Uh, well, except that maybe nobody else would watch that movie. Like you already bounced off of it for not having enough. I like, keep saying I bounced off of it. I just stuff. don't think it's an amazing film. I think it's a very good film. I actually would okay. even recommend people watch it. If you want to, if you want a historical yeah. epic and you don't want to watch Gladiator. Can you hear me? Now? Well, if you're into Yeah, we can period, hear you, John, yeah, uh, Tom, absolutely. what's up? Yeah, I'm I, sorry, I, I, Tom, uh, did we cut you off? Uh, I lost you for a second there. So I was trying to make sure uh, we didn't get lost. No, you're back. Good. Okay, cool. But but yeah, anyway, uh, but, but my answer to this one is similar to Blade Runner. Like, if this is a thing that calls to you in some way, if the period calls to you, uh, if you just have a general interest in large scale, I mean, I'll say this also, um, wonderful battle pieces. Oh, uh, I don't know what CGI wizardry was they involved, built the but you couldn't Those see any of it. Built. Those siege towers were yeah. actually built. They one of them caught fire Wonderful by accident. Stuff. They used, they let it burn for so they could show it on fire. Yeah, no, just straight up wonderful uh, work with all of that. If that's going to float your boat, cash in on this and, and, and you know put your put your yeah. uh, chips on the table and, and settle in. But um, by the way, can we I talk a little bit about that for a minute? Want to? Yeah, let's yeah. talk about the siege. Yeah. Oh no, I actually want to go before back. I want to start back with the first fight, which is the one with uh, Godfrey Balin and his little gang. And I just there's oh yeah the random weirdos who's like oh he's a murderer we gotta take him back Uh, no now in the director's (laughs) cut that's actually the uh, his nephew who's trying who wants to kill him so he can go take his land so it's it's typical you know and you know that I love this Jamie Lannister of all people I did not notice that but that actually makes a lot of sense yeah yeah uh, no the goal it was it was utterly a pretense. Like, they didn't want him to surrender Balin. They were like, give us your kid and we'll kill him because they wanted the fight and they wanted to kill him to take his barony. Yeah, they were were going that way anyway. Balin showing up was not necessary. The plan was to ambush him anyway. But uh, I I want to talk a couple things. One, I love the scene uh, before that happened, you know, when they're doing the fight training. One of them is, you know, I love how he's oiling his armor. Just does oiling his chainmail. Just those little details. You know, those, the, mm-hmm. the fighting techniques, the, you know, the German who's like, uh, you know, when he's, uh, he pulls out uh, the hammer. I mean, we never get to see that in most battles, a guy wielding a hammer. And a I war just love pick. How- yeah, it was really good. Um, <laughs> I really enjoyed the fighting. Honestly, um, I liked uh, Remus Lupin in this. Yes. Okay. Uh, now we can finally bring up David Thewlis. I've been wanting to discuss this. Okay. Bruce, I think you know what I'm getting at. Okay. So in the director's cut, Will, you're going to be surprised with this. It's implied he's not there or he's an angel. 
Right. No, they absolutely do that. Really? Like when he leaves. Yeah. When he leaves after the final talk with Balin, Balin looks around. It's open desert all around him, and there's nowhere for him to go. Yeah. No, absolutely. He's like he's constantly magically appearing, and only Balin can see him sometimes. So it's implied yep. he's either an angel or he's a ghost. That's not implied in the in the theatrical cut. In the I theatrical know, cut, he's it. basically there. They're like he's like a priest. He helps with the knighting ceremony. Yeah, it's it's very. There, well, he still does all those things. He still does all those things, and he definitely does interact with people sometimes. But it is also that he, he is a little bit mystical, um, and it, it, even unto his death, it's weird. Um, yeah, there's there's a very oddness about him. Yeah, and I love him too, just because he's such a unique way of talking you know the way his hospitalers are another you know we don't there's not much historical talk about hospitalers as knights and i I love that we get that i love that there's a lot on the templars it's such a but uh i also i think we both agree you know crossbows are awful awful weapons awful like devastating or awful like oh yeah ineffective okay i was gonna say because they're super effective oh i'm saying like just for like like just evil, evil weapons in this time period. I mean, <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> well, it was the it was the age before. I mean, uh, I, I I think they did a great job with the fight scenes. Honestly, yeah. I don't I don't think the fight scenes are the, are the spectacle here. I think the the brutality of war. So I got a lot of gladiator vibes out of certain parts of these movie of this movie, um, which makes sense honestly <laughs> if you think about it. Yeah. Because uh, same director, right? Well, yeah. I- yeah, except that it, Gladiator, the the entire third act of Gladiator is just stupid. Like that's the problem with Gladiator is like it's just it's mind-bogglingly stupid at the end. But uh, I I can watch the first hour of Gladiator over and over. I think the second half of Gladiator. I'm a little more forgiving of the second half of Gladiator because it's meant to be more of a fantastic. It starts off. It's not meant to be a historical epic in the vein of it's Kingdom of Heaven classic sword sandals, or classic. Yeah. It's it's more in the vein of like Clash of the Titans, um, maybe not with all the crazy stop motion animation. But I'm a little bit more forgiving of it because it, it is a little bit more ridiculous. At least I cared more about the characters before the halfway point than I did in Kingdom of Heaven. I I liked some of these characters quite a bit. Um, yeah, there were a lot of interesting people who were offered some parts like uh edward norton was originally supposed to play gee and he said no i want to play baldwin and in fact initially he didn't even want his name in the movie he wanted it to be a secret that he was playing baldwin they finally convinced him came out, they, they put him in the credits and the uh in the after it came out in video so it, it's he really wanted it to be a secret that he was in this film well, i never would have known uh, if i i didn't look it up um yeah i Tom thought Cruise he did was it. apparently offered uh balin yeah. and he he was interested, but he couldn't. He was too busy doing a Mission Impossible three, so he had to turn that down. So that's why he went to um, Orlando Bloom. So, yeah. So that was one of the. Um, I think that would have been interesting to see them reuniting after Legend, but I, I'm kind of glad that they didn't cast him because I don't think he would have worked with him. I don't know. Uh, no. Depends on. They both kind of have that I can look concerned off into the distance viewpoint. So yeah. you know, I mean. That's kind of bad. I, I lost track of the fact that I was looking at Orlando Bloom a few times in this, even though he's fairly like known. But I would never have lost track of Tom Cruise. I don't think so. That, yeah. that is absolutely true. I, I will say that, again, the first half of the film, I think Orlando Bloom's acting is a little wooden. However, in the second half of the movie, when he remembers that he has emotions, 
he does a much better job. And the speech he gives to the knights, like when he knights all those people and says, well, you think they'll fight better just because you told them? And he's like, yes. And I was like, I believe that. I'm totally sold on this scene. I love this. Does being a knight make you a better fighter? Yes. Isn't that literally the entire premise of the Black Company? (laughs) Uh, Kind of. I mean, kind of, yeah. It's like, it doesn't matter that you, you know, where you came from, you're now part of the Black Company. Welcome, you know, we are who we are. And I was moved. I thought that that was a very moving scene. Um, I just think that parts, I think this film's a little flabby. Is, is really my opinion. It's a little trying to do too many I, I, things. I hope, it w- I hope you can see the director's cut soon because you'll see the differences. You're like, oh wow, this is so much stronger film. I mean, it's longer, but the point is, it's like, well, I, if they I, do I, good things with the length, <laughs> that's what she said. Um, if they do good things with the length, then it, as long as it doesn't feel long, that's sort of my gauge for if I'm bored with the film. Is does the movie feel over long? And there is a lot of movies that I have liked that feel too long. I, I even have to say this, even Return of the King, because it ends 15 times, yeah. starts to feel a little long. And that's sort of – I always consider that a flaw. Well, if I can watch a film from start to end and not feel like I watched a film that went on too long, I usually consider that a rousing success. There are very few movies yeah. that do that though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, I think with something else you should bring up, and I really just love the those little details because as, as I was talking about, you know, the armor, the set. Oh, so good. I just – I love just the the use of like the landscape. I mean, you know, when they're digging for the water, uh, those... I really liked that whole bit. Like, I didn't think that was wasted time at all. I thought that was very interesting, and uh, yeah. a lot of people would consider that to be wasted time. And I don't consider that scene to be wasted time. I thought it very much shows the environment that you're in, why it's important, what's important about it, and what this man's priorities are. And I thought it was a very character driven scene that advanced the story of that person. I like that part. <laughs> so, yeah, and uh, that's, it's things like that that I think so fascinating. Because, and what's the later on? What's the problem? You know, the knights go out without water. I mean, it's he, he knows all along. You know, the key to survival in the desert is water. And uh, you know, we we haven't really got a chance to talk much about um, some you know, um, Saladin's assistant. You know, played by Doctor Bashir uh, Alexander Segan, and, yeah. and I love how he, his character. You know, there's that point like you had him as a prisoner and he didn't cap didn't is like, well, maybe I had a bad teacher. Yes, you did. I I just love those subtle details like they these these characters, they all have these very specific codes of ethic. And the whole film constantly deals with the idea of everyone has their code of ethic. But the one thing that I that gets brought up throughout the film, and it's not subtle, but the idea of the phrase God wills it is such a fascinating, you know political statement also about what why you know israel has always been such a complicated place it's like everyone believes they're right because that's what the priest has told them or or that i mean there's a lot of it's complicated man we we don't have time to cover it on this podcast oh i know i know but i just love the fact that he goes for it that's kind of my take on this film too is that he does a really good job pointing out that it's not just one thing it's like 10 things that why it's such a chaotic time and why the Crusades were such a You know, mess. one of the touches I really liked in this movie was the constant switching of languages that they would use to yeah. indicate respect. And I thought that was intriguing as hell. And it was a subtle little point that really, I mean, maybe it wasn't that subtle because I saw it. Um, 
No, but if you're not going to do what would have been the true situation is so polyglot, like half of them are speaking Italian, half of them are speaking French, half of them are speaking some sort of pidgin Latin. Like, yeah. you know, if you're not going to do that, and I, I respect the choice to not do that, you know, not everyone has the guts to go full Aramaic Mel Gibson, but... Um, <laughs> and, and you don't really gain a lot by that because the subtitles and, you know, unless you're really going to go for the poetry of the languages, which if you're going to go all in on like Apocalypto or. Oh, uh, not Apocalypto. Christ, no. If you're going to go all <laughs> in on a language for its feel, then you only want one. But the truth of the crusading states would have been like. You, you would have spent the first five minutes with anybody trying to figure out if you had a language in common. Right. But I did think um, that the, the, the using of each other's phrases. You know, yep. but but I mean, doing what they did with it was French. the nicest part. That was the nicest way to, to otherwise do it. Yeah. So uh, let me bring up the uh, final moment, which is when Richard the Lionheart shows up. Now, originally, it was actually supposed to be Russell Crowe as Richard Lionheart, but he got stuck shooting, uh, I think, Cinderella Man, so he couldn't make that one either. So when they make Robin Hood, Robin Hood is essentially the sequel of this film. <laughs> huh. Because Robin, uh, you have you guys seen? You've seen Ridley Scott's Robin Hood. Or am I the only one? Uh, you're the only one. Okay, you are the it only starts. One. Okay, it starts with Richard Lionheart and his returning from the Crusades. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's uh, so the film ends with Richard Lionheart going to the Crusades, and the the next when he makes Robin Hood uh, six years later, he's literally starting at, at coming back. Okay, so. You don't need to see it. So we're going to start at the end of Richard coming back from the crusade. Is that just a project that he took on because they mothballed all the all the swords and the costuming and they were like, you know, it's already here. I bet you. I bet you. Well, okay. So there's a, an interesting side story about this film. I almost did a uh, Grant's Movie Never Made podcast about this. So before he made Kingdom Heaven, he was developing a movie called Tripoli, which was going to also be shot in Morocco, about the Barbary War. So that would have been America versus the the Barbary pirates in and battling in Tripoli, and he had that one. He actually did have Russell Crowe signed on. He apparently had Tom Cruise going to produce. He had a pretty big amount of people signed on to do it, but the budget got like I think ridiculously high. And this movie was expensive too, but I think the Tripoli movie would have been like four hundred million because he wanted to do he wanted to build practical ships just like. Uh, uh, he wanted he wanted to be very uh, uh, you know, eighteen hundred correct. So he w- the budget was getting more and more ridiculous. Apparently, making a mid Middle Ages film was actually cheaper than making a eighteen hundred set film. I don't doubt it. The ships are hard because I mean, Master and Commander did the best wooden ship I ever seen on film, yeah. and that thing was not easy or cheap. I mean, what could possibly no, and- uh, stand up to the glorious magnificence that was Cutthroat Island? <laughs> that's sarcasm by the way for those of you who aren't paying oh, attention well, oh, plus, uh, trust me that's that's coming down we, we all learned the lesson of water world shooting on the water not so much fun that's right oh water world uh i would watch kingdom of heaven backwards a thousand times before i'd watch water world again <laughs> yeah but uh, guys i gotta say i think you know i'm gonna classify this as the nerdy because this is a film where everyone's got something they want to geek about you know is it the 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 fighting? Is it the costuming? Is it the set? I mean, this is I would call it more of a uh, you know why people will argue about the Blade Runner's impact. I think this film definitely set is the uh, if you look at a lot of film like epics after this film, 
way different style post before. It just says Gladiator well, kind of started this re- this renaissance for these big epics. No, no, there's definitely like scenes and structure that were wholehearted lifted out of Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, oh, as the film unfolds, especially in the director's cut, it is the way on Lawrence of Arabia unfolds. Um, yeah, no, uh, 100%. That's that, there's like some, and I, yeah. I bet you there's some shot cribbing. I just, I'm not as good with Lawrence of Arabia to be able to say, yes, I recognize where he stole shots, but I bet he stole shots. Oh yeah. That, that was also shot in Morocco. So it's, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, you can tell Ridley Scott's obsessed with David Lee, but so are a lot of other directors. So it's it's fast. Yeah, David Lee's the director that I uh, yeah, I'd like to cover eventually on this show, but it's it's that's a whole more complicated. You know, trying to sit through some of those films, they're so epic. Although Bridge of River Kwai is a masterpiece. Uh, I but I do think uh, another thing I really love is also the casting too. I think we we really we we kind of dance around. They try not to cat. It's all like ew characters that are playing almost ethnically correct uh sibylla is supposed to be of a, a french line and they eva green's french actress who's of algerian descent uh i believe uh and of course i love just the castings of all of the you know, of saladin i love the casting of his assistant i mean fantastic choices and i think we can agree even some of the bizarre cameos like like having liam neeson for like the first 20 minutes of the film it's just unique. I think it works. You, you believe they could be a father and son. Interesting. In general, I don't think anything was miscast. Uh, I, no. I mean, Orlando Bloom himself is like a little bit of the weak sauce, but but he does a reasonable job. So like, it's okay. You know? I think he does a words, fine job at the second half. Should he so. have been so good looking? Is the question mark? But then you did <laughs> hadn't got shit and... all over him, so he's definitely a noble. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> no, um, there's that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I will say this. It, compare this to say Troy, which came with the year before. Oh God, yes. Definitely... So they did a lot better than that. He's, oh, I know. You know, I, yeah, he's so I, much better acting. I haven't seen Troy. Troy, so you know. I um, my, the, the advice I have given and heard from anybody on Troy is just watch it on mute. Because the sound is not the best anyway, and you don't want to hear them talk. Just well, to be fair, I saw Gods of Egypt, so I know what suffering is. Yeah, just watch the pretty <laughs> things move. Now, I, I don't know if we've—I don't know if there's a, a a beat for this, but the soundtrack was also good. Uh, I don't know if I'd call yes. it great, but it definitely—I never noticed it in a bad way, and I often like felt the creeping movement of the scene through the sound because there were lots of scenes to will's credit where it would don't move for a minute but the sound was always active yeah i think they tried to use period correct instruments too so i give them credit for not taking those you know oh we're gonna have some electric guitars while while the uh you know the horses are charging you know no they went um very they tried to keep the sounds as primitive and, and the extras not, in the backstage were not improv everybody was told you're going to go do this thing over here that a person would be doing plausibly here where the horses are and like nobody looked like they were just lolling around waiting for the donut truck no and, and i it's it's special and I, that's why i just love this film it's there's details in here that just those little subtle details like just like I said, a guy's oiling his armor. Like you wouldn't see that in most films. You wouldn't see, you know, 
you wouldn't see this the way they you know shared food the way you know who sits where how they enter how people enter rooms you know, those details are so specific you know i you know also like when balin show when baldwin shows up with his army it's uh, you see like it's this flash because you realize oh that's how sh- everyone's armor is reflecting against the sun mm-hmm. yeah so it's like yeah, it's something you know. The, you, they had to have you know, looked at this further and further. And like, what? How would this look? Is like this is exactly how it look. And they would all be carrying all these different crazy banners, and it would be ridiculously insane to see this coming toward you. It looked like a storm front at first. Yeah, no. Um, they really. I mean, they, they, okay. So uh, I'll use my benchmark for did this succeed with what he wanted to do. Um, I'll, I'll, you know, with the caveat that I didn't see the will version, which maybe didn't succeed on Ridley's own terms, but. He he got what he went for with this. I think he hit his mark. I just what I'll also say about Ridley Scott is that bless his heart, he tries to be deep. <laughs> he does. Oh and man, does that sum up all my feelings on this? <laughs> he he tries to be deep and he just while he has more aesthetic sense and more sense of like, you know, framing and 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 honestly you know the direction to his actors is good and and the way the shots are constructed like you in chaotic battle sequences it was still quite easy to tell what was going on hello michael bay are you listening um (laughs) and so the man clearly has brilliance and craft that i will never never have in my life but i completed sophomore philosophy which he did not um and it shows and it's just like oh god ridley Prometheus, I think, is the one that will make me break uh, on having any enjoyment of his films, uh, because I think that possibly is the weirdest space daddy issues thing. But uh, that's another film entirely. This film, he he did what he wanted to do. It's effective for what he wanted to do. If this thing appeals to you in any way, shape or form, go and enjoy it. But I don't know that it's for everybody, just like I don't know Blade Runner is for everybody. Um, I'll, I'll agree somewhat with Bruce here. I think that I enjoyed the film. Is it my favorite movie? No, but I'm not sad. I watched it. Um, it's a, if you like historical epics, this is a pretty good one. It's not the best. It's certainly not the worst. It's pretty good. And that's kind of, I think it tries too hard in some places, which is leans into the whole bless his heart. He tries really hard, uh, aspects. Ridley Scott. I don't hate him. I think he's very inconsistent as a director. I think a lot of what he does just doesn't work for a lot of people. And apparently I'm one of them, Uh, but I think he's done a lot of good work and a lot of bad work and a lot of work that I just didn't get. And that's the best I can say about it. (laughs) So, but I would classify this movie actually as good. It is also nerdy. So if we're going to go with nerdy, this one's very nerdy, but I think it's pretty good. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely putting this as a nerdy, and it's interesting. So this movie was a flop in America, but in Europe and especially in Asia, it was a massive success. And you know, something that was brought up that in Arab nations, in the scene when Saladin picks up the cross and sets it up, they said they had a pl- they had crowds would stand and applaud. It's it's a fascinating, you know, and, you know, and I think that's also something that 20th Century Fox failed on, which is to truly understand. Who the films, you know, it's a global film. And I really, as somebody like, you know, you know, I studied politics in college. You know, I studied history in college. These these things are hit all my nerdy, you know, obsessions. You know, I played you know, Civ a lot. I've, 
I played Age of Empires a lot. Oh, I'm These, gonna go play I, some I think Crusader still... Kings uh, three right after this podcast. That's what's happening tonight. Yes, you can create Lord Excellent. Mega Chad. Uh... <laughs> oh no, I I don't play I don't play with okay. fake lords. I only use the real people. Uh, yes, Good Lord one. Mega Chad of Jerusalem. But, he only lived three days. But, uh, but... <laughs> but folks, please, I hope you guys enjoy. If you haven't seen the director's cut, please look it up. It's Believe it or not, it's on Hulu. Like you can find the director's cut is actually on, streaming on Hulu as we speak. So please uh, check us out. Uh, please check it out. And of course, if you love the, if we have any conversation about this, please hit us up on our Facebook group, Fans of the Good Bad Nerdy Movie Podcast. Also on Twitter, uh, Good uh, Good Bad Nerdy Movie Pod. We have a lot to cover more on. You know, we're not done with Ridley Scott. Uh, uh, you know, we've got at least one more, possibly two more. Uh, I know we're going to be doing Robin Hood, and if we are up for it, Thelma and Louise. So, so I hope you guys are listening, enjoy this, and please, 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 if you uh, decide to watch this film, make sure, make sure, make sure. If you have a dispute, combat is the clearly the best way to uh, get your problem solved. God favors the victor and the just. Rise God wills it. God wills it. All right, thanks, guys. Oh, that was so much fun. I think this this is gonna be great. I'm gonna get this posted. That's a awesome, bit, guys. So. This this was. Uh, I'm sorry. Sorry, I watched uh, the wrong one. <laughs> I really can't believe dude, I did that because I, I thought.